Well, part of being a parent is doing things you don't really want to do. And uh, a couple, I guess months ago now, my wife came to me and said, our son's fourth grade basketball team needs another coach to help out the head coach. Would I want to do that? No, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't have a lot of time to do that. I'm not, I'm not great with kids. I love my kids more than anything in the world. I love my kids. Uh, some people are just magnets to kids. They love kids. They're energized by kids. I'm one of those freaks that finds like middle schoolers and high schoolers a lot more interesting. I know most people are like, what's wrong with you? And I understand that. Uh, but they just, they fascinate me uh, at that time. They're fun to hang out with. When they're little, I feel like I'm just going to break them. If not physically, then, then emotionally. And I just don't know, I just don't know what to do with that. So I'm like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. And she's like, well, if you don't help, I'm going to help. And I'm like, I guess they need me. All right. I will, I will help. I will help coach I will help coach the team. And the coach of the team is a really, he's really nice, really nice. Knows basketball really well. He's 18 years old. And you've got a team of fourth graders. They're, they're just going to eat this kid alive. And so I'm the dad figure. Uh, he's, he's the, the coach is a quiet talker, too. He's real soft-spoken. And, and so I have to use my dad voice constantly. And I, I'm just really more the team dad uh, than anything else. And after one of our first games where the team just was horrible, uh, just it wasn't even close and it, it was not good. We were back in the locker room and the guys on the team were talking and they go, Coach, when are we going to play an easy team? And without missing a beat, I said, gentlemen, you are the easy team. And... Uh, <laughs> I told Brooke about that after she said, you said that? I'm like, yeah, I said it. It's true. We, uh, we recently have been playing a lot better, but in between two really good games, there was a game where we just got destroyed, and none of them were trying, and we were back in the locker room, and it was just frustrating because we got our butts kicked, and our, no one on our team was trying hard at all, and I looked at them in the locker room and said, gentlemen, when you walk out these doors, your moms are going to give you a hug and tell you good game. I'm not. It wasn't a good game. Not one of you played hard. And uh, that's just, you know, kind of how I coach. So that's, <laughs> that's just that. And today what we're going to be talking about is not how to be a great youth basketball coach. But today what we're going to be talking about is how to give it our all. How we can give it our all. And it was so frustrating in that game to watch as this team of, this team of boys were out there and not one of them put their whole heart into it. Not one of them gave it their all in that game. And it was incredibly frustrating to watch from the sideline. And hopefully them getting destroyed in that game is a great life lesson for them. That's what, that's what I hope. I hope it's a great life lesson for them to recognize the difference when we put effort into it. And today we're going to wrap up our look at the end of the book of Ephesians and what's historically been called the armor of God as the Apostle Paul went through in, in Ephesians chapter 6 and, and highlighted all these things that we've seen, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of the gospel of, of peace and the shield of the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and today we're going to see our part in all of this 
what we need to do in all of this in ways that we can give it our all. So if you have your phones or your tablets, I hope you'll follow along with us in the Bible app. It's a great resource that you can download in whatever app store you utilize. And once you have it installed on your device, there's a feature within the Bible app called Events. And there you can either enable your locations or type in zip code 54201. And Lakeside Community Church will pop up and you can follow along with us that way right in the app. If you have a traditional Bible with you this morning, we're going to be again in the New Testament book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 18 this morning. If you're joining us via the stream, thanks so much for joining us this morning. The verses will be available on the screen below as we wrap up our look at the armor of God today and seeing what we can do and how we can give it our all. Ephesians chapter 6, the first part of verse 18 says this, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. So we've gone through all these different elements that the Apostle Paul lists, and then we get to verse 18 and we see this, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplications. So we're just going to tear this apart. Praying all times. Praying in all times. When things are great, we pray. When things are horrible, we pray. When we're healthy, we pray. When we're sick, we pray. When we're doing better than we ever imagined, we pray. When we're broke beyond belief, we pray. In every situation, in every circumstance, no matter what comes our way, we pray. We pray at all times in the Spirit. We pray at all times in the Spirit. Praying always in the Spirit. That God Himself, that God is triune. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus went back to heaven, he promised that he would deliver his spirit to those who place their faith and trust in him. And so literally, when we make the decision to follow after God, the spirit of God, God, the Holy Spirit, he comes and he resides within each and every one of us who puts our faith in Jesus. He is our advocate. He guides us. He directs us. He convicts us. He gifts us. He gives us gifts. They're, they're different for different people, but he's, he gifts each and every person that follows Jesus. And if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, I want to invite you to join us next week at Next Steps. It's going to be a great time where you get to learn more about Lakeside. We get to learn more about your story. But then there's also a, a spiritual gift inventory that we give you to, to highlight gifts specifically in ways that you could serve the church. And, and so there, there are great things that, that you can find there if you don't know where to start, if if you want to take that test and, and don't have time or aren't able to come to Next Steps next week, let me know and we'll get that for you. It's a, a great resource. And it's not necessarily a definitive, but it's a great starting point. It's a great starting point. If you've never discovered this, if you're kind of like, what, what in the world is a spiritual gift and all that, we'd love to talk more about you with that. But, but the Spirit comes and He resides, the Holy Spirit resides within all of us who've made the decision to follow after God. And one of the roles that He does is He guides us. He guides us in our prayers. And that looks different for different people, but the Spirit guides us in our prayers. So we are to pray at all times, 
no matter what our situations, no matter what our circumstances, and God himself will guide us. If you've ever reached that point in your life where you're facing something or, or you're just at that point where you're kind of numb emotionally and you're not even sure really where, how you feel or, or what's going on, and you reach that point where you're at the end of yourself, and, and you're like, I, I would pray, but I don't even know how to pray. Don't let that stop you because the Spirit of God can guide you in ways that you don't even understand with needs you may not even recognize, but just let the Spirit of God guide you in that regard. God himself advocates for and with you. God guides us and he directs us. This is, this is an incredible thing. That each and every one of us who follow after God have the Spirit within us, and He guides us in our prayers, and He enables us in our prayers. So when people ask me to pray for them, I love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you, but I just got to let you know something. My prayers don't have any special ability. Like, I'm happy to pray for you, and I, I love to do that. But just know, just because I'm a pastor, it's not like I have a special praying ability. It's not like I, my prayers count more with God. That every single person that follows after Jesus has the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit guides and directs and enables and, and works in this way. So that all of us can approach the throne of God with confidence. We can do that, one, because we have an advocate in Jesus who died on the cross, rose again, and has made us righteous in God's sight. And two, we have the Spirit of God who enables and guides us in our prayers as well. So we pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Now, I don't know about you, but I have wondered before in my life, why pray? I know that, that sounds unspiritual. But, but I've just wondered, okay, if God's in control of everything, and God has a plan, then why pray? It, it's, it, it can seem like a, a waste of, of time or effort or energy, but why pray if God has a plan and God already knows everything? Why, why pray? And we see at times in Scripture that, that the prayers of righteous people do move the heart of God. And so sometimes our prayers may move the heart of God. But what I guarantee you is this. If you will pray, prayer will move your heart. Prayer will move your heart. Because prayer at its core is a conversation between us and our Creator who loves us so incredibly much. I just want to encourage you. When you pray, you're talking to a God who's redeemed you. You're talking to a God who loves you. You're talking to a God who's known and seen you at your worst. He knows how you talk. He knows the words you said at the bar the night before with your friends. So maybe don't talk exactly like that to the creator of the universe. But at the same time, don't feel like you have to change everything about your vocabulary and everything about the structure of your voice when you pray. Have you ever been? A, have you ever seen that person? The person whose entire, like the tone of their voice changes and their entire vocabulary goes back to King James Version when they're praying to God and it's just like, who, who am I even talking to here? Just be yourself. Be yourself. 
And what happens is we can put this pressure on ourselves that we feel like we have to approach God with these exact words in this exact way, and we should be reverent when we talk to God. He is the creator of the universe. He is so much higher than we are. We shouldn't be flippant, but at the same time, we have access. We have access to the creator of the universe who knows us and loves us and has called us his children. My kids don't have to rehearse everything they say before they come and talk to me. I mean, sometimes if they want something that they think I'm going to say no to, I'll catch them rehearsing it a little bit and trying to go through all of that. But, but they can just approach me. They can just approach me. And we can just approach God. We, we put these obstacles in our way, and we don't need to put them in our way. Prayer changes us. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer, with all prayer and supplication. What does all prayer look like? Well, we pray for different things. We pray for different things. Historically, there have been different models that people come up with that, that help. One of the models that, that I was taught early on in my life was an acronym for ACTS, ACTS. A stands for adoration. You spend some time adoring God. You tell God what you appreciate about him, why you worship him, things like that. You, you just adore God. And it's not that you're trying to suck up or butter him up or any of that, but just really when we stop and we think about how incredible God is, that should instill something within us. And, and so we just spend some time there just, just telling that to God, how incredible he is. C stands for confession, that we all have things to confess. We all, we, we all fall short. Every single day we, we do things that, that fall short. Hopefully fewer and fewer as the days go on. But, but we all have those things that, that we need to confess. And, and so we just confess those to God. The, the T stands for thanksgiving, ways that, ways that we're thankful. And we just thank God for, for ways that he's answered prayer, blessings and, and benefits that we have in our lives, and S stands for supplication, that we, that we ask God for things. It's not wrong to ask God for things. It's not wrong to ask God for the desires of our hearts. Scripture tells us that. That's just one model. I'm not saying that's the way you have to pray. That's a model that I found helpful for me. It's one that, that I was taught early on in my life. There's, there's a number of great models out there, and if you don't know where to start, well, start with that or start with another model. But get to the point where it's just, it's a, it's a conversation. It, it's just the ability to freely approach God. And no, it's not wrong for you to ask God for what you want. And it's not wrong for you to ask God for what you need. But don't act like a 22-year-old kid who's left home and only call your parents when you need money. All right? Like, there's more to prayer than just calling God and saying, God, I need this. God, I need this. God, I need this. God, I need this. All prayer, all supplication. Verse 18 goes on. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now, I'm just going to say this. If prayer is boring, you're not doing it right. If prayer is boring, you're not doing it right. And probably prayer is boring because you feel like there's a checklist in your mind, and maybe it's because you were taught a model, and, and maybe it just feels like you're going through the motions. You have to check off this box and check off that box and, and check off this box. 
But if prayer is boring, then you aren't doing it right. And prayer should never be boring or a chore. But that doesn't mean that it's easy. That doesn't mean that it's easy. If it were easy, we wouldn't have to be told to keep alert with all perseverance. We wouldn't be told to, to not let our guard down. So prayer can become, it can become a struggle. It can become a struggle when we're talking to God and we're asking God for things and there are things that we really need and God isn't answering in the way or in the time frame that we think God should answer. That can become really difficult. And we can start to think, why should, why even bother? I'm just going to throw in the towel. The, the feelings that I've confessed having earlier on in my life from time to time of just feeling, what's, what's the point of this? If God's not going to answer and if God's not going to do this, and what happens is, well, then you, you, don't, you don't keep up. You don't have perseverance. You let your guard down. You stop praying. You start to rely on yourself. You start to get frustrated. You start to think this is just a waste of time. If God isn't going to answer my prayer in the way that I want him to answer, in the time frame that he needs to answer, in my mind that he needs to answer, then, then this. He says, no, prayer isn't going to be easy, but you need to keep at it. You need to keep at it. Just like any relationship. Any relationship takes work. Any relationship takes work. Marriage takes work. Friendship takes work. Any relationship takes work. So it is with us and our relationship with God. Now, God is perfect and we aren't. So anytime there's a problem in the relationship, we only have ourselves to blame, which is kind of, you know, in marriage, you can blame somebody else. In friendship, you can blame somebody else. When things aren't going great with our relationship with God, it's like, well... Got to look in the mirror on this one. Because I can try all day to rationalize how it's God's fault, but it's not. It's mine. And, and that, can, that can become a little, little bothersome from time to time. It doesn't mean that prayer is going to be easy. Because God is not a genie. God is not obligated to act in the way that we ask him to act. God is not obligated to act in the time frame that we ask him to act in. But prayer is important. Because communication is important and prayer might change the heart of God, but I promise you, I promise you, it will change your heart. What we see here is make supplication for all the saints, for all the saints. So not only are we to pray for ourselves, not only are we to pray for our needs, but we're to pray for one another. We're to pray for the needs of one another. On every seat in front of you, unless you're in the front row, on every seat in front of you, there is a card. And if you're in the front row, there, there's some off to the side. There is a card that on the back, there's an opportunity for you to put down prayer requests. And then that list is emailed out. And, and I just realized we haven't even announced this in a while. Some people might be unaware of the fact that we send out a prayer list every single week from here at Lakeside. And if, if you want to be part of that, so you can be praying for the needs of other people here at Lakeside and be praying for the people of Lakeside, and you aren't getting those emails, then send, send an email to prayer at lakeside-church.com prayer at lakeside-church.com, and we will get you signed up for the prayer list so you can be praying. If you have, if you have a prayer request, send that to prayer at lakeside-church.com, and we'll, we'll send that out to the prayer team. You can also put on a request if you want it confidential. If you only want uh, myself to see it or if you only want the team of elders to see it, then you can let us know that as well, and we will keep that confidential if you don't want that to go out to everyone. 
So those are a couple options that are available to people, and I just want to make that make you aware of that and also make it a practice. Make it a practice just to ask people, how are things going in your life? And when somebody tells you something that's concerning, whether it's a health issue, whether it's something going on in a job situation or a relationship that's, that's a little bit rocky, just make it a habit to say, hey, can, can I pray with you about that? And don't just write it down and then put it somewhere and then forget to ever pray about it. So one of the things I've tried to do is, is when I ask somebody, hey, can, can we pray about it? Or, or when somebody tells me about the situation, say, hey, can we pray about it? And, and generally people are going to say, yeah. I mean, I can count on one, one hand when people are like, no. Don't, don't do that. And that's okay. I'm just praying for them to discover a relationship with Jesus. So, you know, even if they don't give me the, the permission to pray for that circumstance, I'm still praying for them. It's just for another circumstance. But people are generally going to say yes and then say, would you mind if I prayed with you right now about that? And then make it a practice to, to pray right away to pray right away with that person about what's going on. Again, not that you have a magical, uh, magical prayer ability. Now, some people are gifted in prayer. Some people are gifted in that way, but it's not like your prayer counts more than somebody else's. We all have access to God through the, through the work of Jesus and through the Holy Spirit coming in our lives that God hears and answers our prayer. So make it a point to pray for other people and let other people know how they can pray for you. And also for me, verse 19 goes on to say, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. I find this fascinating. I find this fascinating. That here the Apostle Paul's wrapping up his letter to the church in Ephesus, and as he's doing so, he's saying, pray for me too that I would share my faith. The Apostle Paul is asking that people would pray for him, that he would share his faith. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So if you're ever like, wow, it's kind of it's challenging. It's kind of challenging for me to tell people about the story of what God's done in my life. It's kind of challenging for me to, to seize every opportunity to tell people about the hope that I have, about what Jesus has done in my life. It's kind of challenging for me to work that into conversation. It's kind of challenging for me to find that open opportunity. It's, it's kind of challenging thing for me to do. I just want you to know you're in pretty good company. Not that the Apostle Paul was scared to share his faith, but here he is, and he's saying, hey, pray for me to... Pray for me, too, that the words the words would be given to me in that situation, that when I share my faith, and, and I'm just scratching my head, because I'm like, buddy, you wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. You got the words. And the Holy Spirit, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But what's beautiful here, what's beautiful is that even the Apostle Paul recognizes the necessity of the Spirit of God coming and working through him. That he hasn't arrived. He doesn't feel like he's got it all figured out. He says, no, pray for me in these situations and pray for me in these scenarios. That, that I would say what God wants me to say. That I would stay silent when God wants me to stay silent. That, that, I, would, that I would know how to leverage these opportunities. And that I would boldly, I would be bold in my proclamation of my faith. Pray for me in that way. 
to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. This beautiful mystery. The mystery of the gospel. The Apostle Paul didn't have it all figured out. He had great theology, don't get me wrong. But he didn't have it all figured out. And there are just some things about God that we cannot fully explain. That we cannot fully explain. So I just want to encourage you. Pray for your chance. Pray for your chance to share Jesus with people. Pray that God would give you those opportunities. And leverage those opportunities. And understand that you don't have all the answers. But God will work through you still. And it's not your job to convert anyone. What you can control is you being faithful to share your story. You being faithful to share what Jesus has done in your life. You being faithful to share why you have the hope that you have. Leverage those opportunities. And also for me, the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Now we get to verse 20. For which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And here we see that the Apostle Paul, as he's following after Jesus, finds himself in prison. Imprisoned for his faith. I don't know what, what following Jesus has cost you. But I do know it won't always be easy. Increasingly, as we live in a post-Christian society, following Jesus will not be easy. And it will come at a cost. For some, it's being misunderstood. For some, it's being ridiculed. For some, it's being no longer acknowledged by your family or by your friends. In some places of the world today, it still means imprisonment. And in some places, death. And we don't know what the future holds. But I want to encourage you, no matter what, even in the worst of times, proclaim the hope of Jesus. Proclaim the hope of Jesus. And this isn't lost on me, and I hope it's not lost on you. That Paul's imprisoned. And I think we all can agree, not the most ideal circumstance in life. I don't think many people grow up and say, ah, my dream is to go to jail. I don't think most people would, would arrive there. Not an ideal circumstance, and yet that's where he finds himself. And how do you take the circumstance of being imprisoned 
and seeing guards each and every day. In their attire. Looking that at, at that attire. As you're writing a letter to a church with a belt, a belt of truth, the guard has a breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes. We'd be quick with the gospel of peace. The shield. Shield of faith. And the helmet. The helmet of salvation and the sword. The sword of the Spirit. How is it possible to sit in a prison at the worst of circumstances and to leverage that for something for God's glory? And the answer? It isn't because Paul was superhuman. Oh, he had resolve. Make no mistake about it. Read, read, read through the New Testament. This is what happens when the Spirit of God comes and resides within us. And he changes our perspective. And the worst circumstances and the worst situations and the worst things this world can throw our way can be leveraged, can be leveraged for good. Not that we bury our heads in the sand, not that we deny reality. That our perspective has completely shifted. And it's completely changed. This is what following Jesus does. It changes everything. And if you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus, I cannot convince you the difference it will make in your life. You have to experience it to believe it. I can tell you the difference it's made in my life. The people sitting around you can tell you the difference that it has made in their life. until you experience it you will never understand sitting in prison and looking at the outfit of a guard and saying even this even this can be leveraged for the good but that's how God works people that love and follow Jesus, 
let's make sure that we're aware of the fact that we are engaged in a battle. It is very real. It happens in the unseen realm. So we don't always keep it at the forefront of our minds, but we are engaged in a battle. And God has given us tools, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it's our responsibility that in all circumstances, at all times, with all prayers, in all supplication, we are praying to God and asking Him to be glorified through our circumstances, no matter what. They may be. God, I pray you would help us. I pray you would help us as we follow you. Find the joy and hope in a vibrant prayer. I pray, God, we wouldn't look at it as a chore. I pray it wouldn't be boring. But I pray, God, we would look at it as one of the great privileges we have. And I pray, God, for those who, who struggle with this. And I pray that they would just find the freedom. They would find the freedom of, of just coming to you, God, in all authenticity in all sincerity, that it wouldn't be a show, and it wouldn't be a bunch of rehearsed words as though we're citing a script. And God, I pray that you would work in and through their prayers, in and through their requests. I pray, God, for the person who's here and has been praying for something that seems so obvious, and for whatever reason, God, you haven't granted it. And I, I, I pray that you would just give them perseverance. I pray that Lakeside, we would be people that pray for one another. We would be vulnerable with, with sharing with people our needs and what's going on in our circumstances, not for people to gossip, but to know that when we share those needs, people are united around us, crying out to you on our behalf. I pray that we would be people who share our faith the hope that we have as a result of what you've done for us, Jesus. And I pray, no matter where we go, no matter what following you costs us, we'll be faithful in following you. And even if we experience the worst this world has to throw our way, we will still leverage it for the good. We'll proclaim the hope of you, Jesus. In your name we do pray. Amen.